Yeah, nothing's really changed. It's like in America, I'm seen as black first. I'm seen as the big boogeyman to white conservatives. Like I'm a big, I'm a six, seven, two hundred million black man. I'm the scariest thing on the planet in America, right? But like outside of when I come out of the US, I'm like, I'm just this corny, nerdy looking dude who just doesn't know what's gonna care about, right? Like that they see me as a man first, as a human being. That's the difference. Yeah. Uh, I lay on the sky, you gotta glow, gotta glow. You gotta glow. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Up Podcast. I'm your host, Zeke, and in this episode, I have the Blurred Explorer to speak about living in South Korea and traveling. You can find more information about his book by clicking the link in the description below. I'd like to give a content warning for any strong language used in this episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Be cool. So, yep. welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for being interested. So, first thing I'd like to do is ask you what your origin story be and how you like to represent it. Uh, yeah, so I'm Phil. Uh, my handle, I go by the Blur Explorer. I'm from South Carolina, but I live in, a South, in uh, South Korea. I've been living here since uh, May 2016. And uh, at the time of recording, on May 15, May 16, 2021, I basically hit my fifth year anniversary of living abroad, living in South Korea. Uh, right now, I work as an ESL teacher at a public school in South Korea, uh, and this is my first official time teaching in a public school setting. Uh, and I also published uh, two books, like in the, what I started in the what I call the Black Travelers Guide series, which I uh, these are more of a test drive to see what, if see how people would demand, you know, react to the market, see if people would like be interested in this type type of book, and if so, then I might consider you know consider doing more in the future. Nice. And how do you like to represent your origin story? What kind of medium would you choose? We continue with books or you would you try to like make movies, TV shows? Yeah, nah, I, uh, I think well, I'll start so continue to books, but I think I might, uh, you know, start doing your know, videos in the future too. You know, try like try other avenues as well. Uh, me personally, I have no interest to try like to become the big massive celebrity travel YouTuber or anything like that. Nah. Now, if it does blow up, great, but I had no interest in like, trying to be like this big, you know, be in the camera, be in the face of everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather be like, in the, kind of be in the background, like, you know, if people like it, great, but I'd rather be in the background, you know, like, have some type of privacy, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Cool, with that, let's um, go right into your story. So you right now have a travel guide and everything like that. So what kind of brought mm-hmm. you into traveling? You know, uh, for me, I've always had the, like the idea of traveling, but I didn't, again, like, you know, as a young black man in America, I just didn't know how to do it. I always thought, like, oh, traveling to other countries, that's white people stuff, right? That's what, that used to be my mindset. And the only time I personally know of anybody traveling abroad was usually through the military. So I always thought that was my only way to be able to do, go to other countries, of course. Uh, it wasn't until I got into my last semester of college when I found about the idea of teaching English abroad and uh, in South Korea, and that's what led me to you know take a little more, excuse me, to delve more into about the whole career ESL career route, and uh, I like the idea that you know living abroad in another country, earn some money, do some money, and also uh, had an opportunity to travel during my off times too, pre-COVID of course, pre-pandemic of course. 
And so that's what attracted that. And this uh, ESL shot is attracted me to it. And I think it might keep going for a longer time. Nice. With me, I'm somebody who hasn't traveled yet. There's for other different reasons, but I'm working on that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so with traveling, so what kind of, since you're from South Carolina, what kind of, mm-hmm. what's like the main differences you felt you learned in your travels? Uh, one, I think traveling has opened my eyes. It showed me that one, you don't have to always live where you grew up, like where you live, like say where you go to school, where you go to college and stuff. Like you should, you should move. Like once you finish high school and college, go somewhere else. Like don't stay in your same city, state, region, or any country. Just go live somewhere else. Cause honestly, for me, I believe that everybody at one point in life should go live in another city, you know, state, country. If you if you ever get the, if you have the opportunity, go for it. Cause I think it's the fact that if people who end up you know growing up in the same area, in the same town, same city, and don't leave at all, except maybe to, to one two week vacation to get in a year to go like Disney World stuff. I mean, that's fine for some people, but it's like I believe it's important. It helps you expand your mind. It shows you that. Oh, my way of lifestyle, the way I grew up, it's not always the it really isn't the best. Like, uh, for ex- example, you know, growing up like many Americans, I grew up believing that mindset. Oh, America, we're number one, we're the best at everything, right? But I'm like, no, nah. but living abroad, traveling stuff, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, there's a lot of countries do a lot better things, better than us, like public transportation and stuff. Korea, uh, other countries like you know, uh, Taiwan, yeah, have uh. You know, uh, metro systems, metro lines, uh, trains and everything. So getting around the country is easier and much more affordable, too. And not to mention healthcare for one, for sure. That we're not, I mean, yeah, we have great healthcare if you can afford it. So, and I, I really have, and honestly, and for me, living abroad, especially um, doing something that most Black folks typically don't do, you know, because how... African Americans, particularly African Americans, we're pretty conservative. We don't do anything because we always have like this fear of uh, what if this ex, ex country X or Y or Z is going to be racist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's going to be xenophobia between one or two people, mostly just because ignorance, like a lack of education, because obviously, you know, being homogenous countries, people don't know much about other culture, about black culture, so what they see on TV. But uh, honestly, the way I see it, don't I say I tell people don't let that scare you because honestly, if you the way I, I, I like to use comparison but kind of hate using it, but it's like if you're a black person, if you, you survive in America, you can survive anywhere else, basically. Got it, got it. I definitely feel like that when you kind of growing up, which is America's number one, and they just like you start seeing all the cracks in yeah. between the systems and everything like that. You're right. And now don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with loving your country, but I also believe that you shouldn't be afraid to call out on their on their bullshit. Like you should praise your country when it does a great job and then call her out on her Wait, are you allowed to swear on this on your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so on make sure, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you should praise your country and you should praise your country when they do a good job, good things, and call her out on her bullshit. And I think unfortunately in America, like we're so polarized, we're so comfortable like you know it's where i team democrat team republican i'm like no nah, no nah. I'm, I'm calling your bull i'm calling you shit your shit out i'm calling this shit side out on their bullshit i'm calling everybody on their bullshit yeah makes sense definitely don't get too complacent yeah, yeah exactly i think that's also a big problem with showing me you know traveling living abroad is like never be too complacent 
And also, plus, this pandemic is something that, too, like, don't be complacent. Don't try to follow the norm. Like, being norms, like, you know, house, wife, kids, and dog, don't always try to follow the same trend that everybody does. Like, I think, it, yeah, the pandemic really taught me, like, go out and enjoy, really go out and enjoy life. Be appreciative, you know. Yeah, got it, definitely. Yeah. And it was like, so what? why did you choose South Korea again? Uh, it was because it was literally the only job I could find after graduation, <laughs> graduated from college. Uh, mostly due to the fact that I was you know, looking through uh, my university job board last semester of college, senior year, trying to find something, anything, and just sounded decent. So that's how I came over here. Nice. And I realized, and then we were talking earlier about the time zone difference. I was just into that. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be a bit of a challenge, especially trying to, you know, stay in contact with family and friends. And me, like, you know, trying to get in contact with different uh, black podcast groups and whatnot, trying to set up interviews. So it can be a bit of a challenge for sure. But I think it's, you know, it's one of the things that makes it worth it. Mm -hmm. And then since you're, since you're black, does your identity as a black person change since you travel or has it stayed the same? Nah, nothing's really changed. It's like in America, I'm seen as black first. I'm seen as the big boogeyman to white conservatives. Like I'm a big, I'm a six, seven, two hundred senior black man. I'm the scariest thing on the planet in America, right? But like outside of when I come out of the US, I'm like, I'm just this corny, nerdy looking dude who just, that no one's gonna care about, right? Like that, they see me as a man first. That's like human being. That's the difference. That's why I noticed. Yeah, sure. I mean, my skin tone does make me stand out, especially in Asia for sure. But again, people see me as a man, like an actual person, not some big scary guy. Like I would be in America, where I'd be like so stressed about oh, what's the police gonna do? What's the police gonna do? Here, I ain't gotta worry about the police. I can say, oh, I'm gonna go about my business, do my thing. Go, go to work, go home, do whatever. And it's also a refreshing feeling. Got it, got it. Yeah, I can see that. It's more of just like, I guess they don't have that prejudice, like the American um, presence of racism. And mm -hmm. like, it's like a different um, thought and process and curiosity. Yeah. And with that, do you... So do you feel like a kind of relief with that or you just kind of got used to it? Uh, honestly, I definitely feel a massive relief. Um, it's, it's just a feeling of, you know, when you leave a bad situation and go somewhere else, right? And it's like, dang, I ain't got to worry about this bad situation no more. I'm free. I got to, I can relax. I can just, whew, I can relax. I can just be mean. I got to put on like some type of sick face, you know, fake, appearance, fake smile, fake all that stuff where I was in America, right? Now, I did go back to visit family for the first time in Alabama back in uh, 2019, February 2019. And yeah, it was nice to see family and everything, but being back in America, I felt that stress. I could feel the tension. I felt all this negative energy, like, all around me. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? Don't get me wrong, like, uh, uh, Living abroad does has pros and cons, just like anything else. But I felt happier, like I felt less stressed. I felt cool. I felt at peace, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I feel comfortable, and just living 
Now, personally, I don't see myself ever moving back to the U.S. because of that, unless I have absolutely no choice. Because living abroad for me, this works for me. Like, it's not going to be an expat. It's not for everybody. But me, it fits. It, it suits me more. Got it. And did you have to assimilate to the culture, or do you kind of continue some of your old, like, it's like habits and things you kind of kept from America? Uh, I'm, I'll admit, I kind of sometimes keep the habits. It does happen, come up time to time, but I do try to simulate, you know, try to uh, follow the culture, follow the norms as best as I can. Uh, I'm still not fluent in Korean. Um, I'm still trying to, I need to learn how to read Korean first. Uh, I can always say this, if you're interested in coming to Korea, it's very easy to learn how to read Korean. Now, speaking is a whole different ballgame, so that's a bigger challenge. But, um, you know, because also, you know, here in Korea, they have their own trash system. You have to buy certain bags at the convenience stores, the grocery stores. And usually, you know, you got to separate your trash. Food, food waste goes in a certain bag. Uh, general stuff, you know, trash goes in a certain And another, this other bag, too. And each city uh, has their own rules for trash bags. But not everybody uses the same thing. So it does can be a hassle sometimes trying to follow the norms. But again, you know, different house, different rules, right? So... It's just like your mom said when you were young, when you're going to a friend's house, this is their house, this is their rules, you got to follow them, you know. You may not like it, but hey, their house, their rules, you got to respect it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, and so, think about traveling. So, what kind of, like, is it Korea? Yeah. Wait, you say you're six, seven, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like you kind yeah. of, yes, so is it, it's like, a, like everything smaller over there? Terms of like this clothing. Well, to be fair, historically, Asia is always kind of be like, you know, small, medium sized built nation. You know, yeah. most of the people, especially in East Asia, like China, Japan, Vietnam. And yeah, people, not, I hate stereotypes, but it's kind of true. Now, there are a lot more tall Korean men and some women, but they have had more of a hype boom over the years for sure. But uh, for me, I, is buying clothes can be a pain and a pain in the ass, but even. If I went to, like, say, the capital Seoul to do some clothes shopping there, there's probably a good chance I won't buy anything my size. So I just ship my own myself on Amazon because it's just so much easier. Yeah, I felt that. I'm like I'm like six, six two. And I, even over here in the states, I have trouble finding like sneakers and clothing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like going over there is gonna be a different. Yep, sneakers, pants, shirts. It's. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a good chance it could. I mean, now, there's a store called ABC Mart. I might have a shot with some shoes, but, again, there's no guarantee. Yeah. So, it's like, the way I see it, when it comes to like clothes, I'll just buy myself an Amazon and get shipped over here. It'll take a few weeks, but that's fine. I can wait. No rush. Mm-hmm. Let's shift to what you're doing there as an ESL teacher. What kind of – so, have you taught before, or is this your first time teaching? No, okay, when I had a ESL job, mostly I worked in uh, private English academies called Hogwans for the whole time I was here. Uh, most of them, a lot of them were pretty terrible, bad jobs, bad management and stuff. Uh, now, I, actually, I did get my first public school job in the city of Incheon, South Korea, which is near, in the northern part of Korea, near the capital. And I got that job at the elementary school's English center literally as soon as the pandemic blew up around the world because now in South Korea 
uh, the first day of school, school year starts in, on like the first day of March. And so, um, and so I got that job. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to teach at that job. We never opened up to classes. So I got furloughed from July to February of this year, 2021. And I, uh, my contract, my contract was going to get renewed. So I actually, you know, kept looking for other jobs and I got my current job right now. It's in the countryside on the West Coast, excuse me, East Coast of Korea. But um, I'm actually just happy I got, I got a full-time job again. The kids like me, staff seem to be cool with me. So I'm just happy to have that, that opportunity. And uh, no, I'm not uh, major-wise, I'm business major, business marketing, focus on marketing. And I never thought I would be teaching either, but uh, I think I like it. I, I enjoy it. So I might consider, you know, getting a certification and stuff in the future. After you know, get some more practice and experience, you know, with this job. Got it. I'm a math tutor currently, and then how is like teaching? Like, mm. how is like teaching English as a mm. general? Uh, honestly. It can be challenging, you know, teaching, trying to like figure out ways, like, you know, making your lesson plan, like any teaching, like all teachers, like, you know, trying to come lesson plan, trying to figure out how to make the lesson be more, not only engaging, but also make sure they don't feel bored, you know. It does come up with that challenge, but it is pretty fun though. I do enjoy it though. Um, like I said, the kids, they have a good time with the classes. I teach uh, third to fifth grade. So the kids, like I said, they have a good time. Like all students, like all classrooms, you always got that one or two kids who like to talk. You know, uh, they're good kids, but again, sometimes they just don't know how to be quiet at times, you know. But uh, over, overall, it's pretty good. I, I, I'm pretty happy overall. Nice. I feel like life pretty much put you in this position. It's like, go here, go there. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So I try. So sometimes, you know, how girls we try to make a lesson plan. Sometimes you make it, and then we test it out, and we have to do the lesson. It's like, oh man, this is actually really terrible. I gotta go back and do a drawing board again. So it does happen though. But um, but sometimes you know, I'm willing to you know learn from my mistakes and try to improve mm-hmm. next time. Got it. Got it. Cool. Let's get into your book. So let's call the black. Traveler's Guide to, how do you pronounce it? Degu. Degu. Degu South Korea. Yes. Degu South Korea. Yeah. So what kind of people, what people can expect from this guide? Uh, well, it's simply just your typical travel guide that you can find almost anywhere. But I wanted to make it more personal. And I also focus on, just focus on Black people, particularly African-Americans. Because for most of us, okay, let me ask you this. How many black people that you know personally that traveled abroad that wasn't military? A couple of friends of mine. A couple, pretty small. Okay. Okay. Usually people, I ask about this, usually it'd be zero, typically. <laughs> but, you know, kids like you are pretty rare at times. But, yeah. again, it's mostly good when you look at travel content, like travel tourism channels, YouTube, blog posts, a lot of the content creators are white, right? And, you know, I mean, there, there are some great content creators. Don't get me wrong. I love a good mile, though. But sometimes, obviously, when it comes to travel, especially for Asia, East Asia particularly, you know, a white person's experience is going to be completely different than a white person, black person's experience. Like, now, just to be clear, I also miss this in the book. 
Yes, all foreigners will get stared at. It does happen. But the amount of stares varies depending on your your, your skin tone. So that does have to so obviously, you know, even if a white person, black person has the same build, age, height, hair length, et cetera, et cetera. A black person is still going to get the more, more looks than a white person. It's going to happen no matter what. And so this book, I wanted to help those, especially the black community, who've never traveled before, especially with the black hole, you're seeing a lot more black travel, you know, IG groups and stuff like that, Facebook groups, which is great. I love it. But there's still people who are a little bit hesitant, who just don't know either. So maybe this will help feel more uh, comfortable about traveling abroad, especially as the first time doing so. So like in the book, I cover things, what's going to, what do you expect? So we, you know, it's like to be a black person in Korea. I also, this time, I like my first book, I actually did a little Q&A section that asked uh, other black people in, who live in Korea and I had them tell their stories or like what's like to be black in Korea, their favorite city, things like that nature. And so everyone has their own stories of what they experience. Again, same story, like, you know, people staring. Uh, some did face, you know, some xenophobic moments, but again, uh, it's not really worth, you know, crying, you know, crying, you know, pulling out your phone, oh, calling out racism, all that bullshit. And also one thing I did mention in the book, like how in South Korea, when you're looking at, a, when you walk around town, people, you know, a bunch of stores and restaurants will be playing mu uh, music all the time on, on the speakers. Sometimes you will hear uncensored hip hop. Like, for example, you will hear WAP. I heard WAP. We played it before. I'm the speakers. Funny. And do people it's like is it, do people understand like the music or the sound just bobbing with I, the sounds? I think it's bobbing with the sound because you know you know western style music. So obviously you know K-pop's popular, of course, but you know anything that's non-Korean, foreigner, westerner, western style is going to be more popular, of course. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I, like I said I, in the book, I just. You know, cover different locations you go try, like the place you go hiking, uh, different restaurants you should try, the downtown shopping areas, whatnot. Um, I also, like I said in the book, I did mention shopping is great in Daegu, or in pretty much in Korea, in the main city, if you're short and thin. Yeah, now, if you got some weight on you, and then you got a hard time, then it's just don't bother shopping. If you're got, if tall, big and or tall, don't bother shopping. Just don't waste your time on that. And quick question: Do you cut your hair, or you have someone cut your hair for you? I'm sorry. Do you cut your own hair? Yes, I cut my own hair. I've been doing this since oh my god, almost five years now. Cool. I was wondering about like, uh, it. Was at the time. Yeah, it was mostly due to the fact that I was living in the city at the time, and. The only places where I know I could get some, find a barbershop that could cut black hair was in the city of Daegu, which also has an army base too, so it's a good chance I'll find one. But the problem was at the time, it would take me at least three hours by bus to get there on a Saturday, plus metro, plus waiting in line to get a haircut. And I was like, no, I'm not doing all that. I'm gonna. So I decided to say, screw this. I'm gonna have my come on here. And also, I hope there's no black people in my other town, in my city I was living in too. <laughs> And of course, it made it easy to learn, you know, learn to cut my own hair. So that way, if I mess it up, I can lie to my students and say, yes, this is a popular American hairstyle. Like, yes, we've been doing this all year. This is a new style. Exactly. You're just following the trends. I'm just 
things my parents tend to do back home. And I just stay in my apartment for the next few weeks and my hair grows back. Because one thing very yeah, important. Uh, yeah. Is your hairstyle. Honestly, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I don't do anything fancy because I, I don't have the time or the patience to learn how to do different, you know, unique hairstyles and whatnot. And I'll keep to it. It's just not worth it for me. But uh, yeah, I've been cutting my own hair. Uh, like I said, just do a little buzz cut, quick, easy. Nice. So yeah. Back to like the book. So what kind of, so why did you choose like a book to be like the vehicle for your, um, of like sharing the knowledge? Well, I, I like guess, yeah. When I always do like writing, and I guess for me, because I'm not really, at the time, I'm not really, mostly I'm not really big in being like on YouTube right now, like trying to be, you know, in front of the camera all day, every day. I just like having more, it feels like I have more control, you know, when it comes to writing a book, writing in general. Whereas, you know, uh, if you make a mistake with a book, you can always easily erase, you can always make it, erase it, make it, fix the mistakes and, you know, put it back up, right? Whereas if I do a YouTube video, if I make any mistake, I can't take it out. It's just there. Nothing I can do about it. And I feel it is more of a more of a stronger outlet for me personally. Honestly, you know, if I want to make views or make money on it, I could honestly YouTube would be a huge hit for me. But again, uh right now I'm considering it, but it's not something I'm really massively trying to get into, you know. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Okay, so you talk about the oh, I forgot to mention, in the book, too, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, in the book, too, I also mentioned things like, you know, things that could turn the black community, like uh, high blood pressure. Like, a lot of Korean food does have a high sodium count. So if you have concern, you know, if you have concern about sodium, like, you know, yeah, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, then, you know, maybe you want to consider be, be careful about eating Korean food. And same thing with food allergies, like, if you have food allergies, like to various nuts, seeds, garlic, soy, uh, egg, wheat, then you're gonna have a hard time in Korea. Probably Asian, general, really. Yeah, I have like a seafood allergy and a bunch of other allergies. Ooh, so. Yeah, then you might have a problem too, because a lot of Korean dishes use like fish sauce. I'm not, not just Korean, but other, other Asian countries can use like fish sauce. Uh, fish paste too in the dishes. It's delicious though, but um, unlike in the West, right? Because uh, food allergies is not very common here, so nobody really there's even if you try to warn, like the owners of the restaurant or franchise, like say, hey, even have like those allergy travel cards you with you, like you try to them, hey, I can't eat, I can't eat fish, I can't eat, you know, nuts or seeds. There's still a good chance. And there's cross contamination regardless, like in the in the in the kitchen, like there's our food you know, cross contamination stuff. And I've read this on various radio protocols, like how they try to tell the owner, like, I have allergies to nuts, and they found nuts on the dish. But yeah, it, I mean, it's possible to travel again. Like I do mention, like there are plenty of West Coast McDonald's, Subway, you know, different other Western style restaurants, or you can just go cook your own meals at Airbnb. To make it easier, if you do have food allergies. Got it. Cool. That good to know. I'm gonna take a note of that for myself. Yeah. 
They, I mean, it's, tra- it's possible to travel to Asia, but if you got food allergies, especially to nuts and seeds, seafood, you're going to have a hard-ass time over there. I mean, it's possible, but just trying to find something to eat, especially if you travel for group, like, you will struggle. Definitely. And then let's go back to when you find a job. Was the job process similar to like it is in the States where you just put in a resume in, do an interview, and go there, go from there? Uh, yeah, typically, yeah. Um, now, my, for now, I'm in a public school sector. Um, usually, there are programs for public school for people who want to apply for public school jobs uh, for the city government, stuff like that. Now, mine was a last minute to retire where I'm at right now. But uh, usually, there's uh, ESL recruiters who will post the ads online, and they'll just, and of course, you apply, you send an email to say, hey, I want to apply for this job number, job number A, B, C, D. And uh, they'll send the resume, you'll send your, they'll send the resume out and your picture with the, to the, to the, I guess, to the, to the boss, to the person, to the employers. And if they like you, then the uh, recruiters will email you, say, hey, they want to interview you, and they'll set up interview time. And once it's in the interview, then if you pass, there's a new contract, you sign the contract, and then you uh, get a start date. Now, I will admit, unfortunately, in Korea, there is still a bit of bias. There's still a bit more preference to having a white teacher, especially a white girl from America or Canada. Like there's still it's not a secret. Like everybody knows this. So, but uh, I mean, for black people, you still find you are still able to find a job. It will take a little bit longer time, at least a decent. So don't be sad if you don't if you don't hear anything or find anything. Uh, of course, right now because of COVID, there's been a massive uptick of people trying to come to Korea. Uh, you know, because people losing jobs left and right. Uh, I, at the time of recording, I don't re- recommend trying to come to Korea. If you're thinking about teaching English in Korea, I will probably hold off for another, for another year or two. Got it. I'll just stack my money and save my travel plans later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wish I need to stack my money. I gotta do better. And since you said earlier you're gonna most likely stay abroad, which is great. Looks like you found your new home. Yeah. How do you like your family feel about that? Did they have any questions with it or did they just go okay with it? Uh like most families, you know, think about Chase in Korea. They had the concerns about North Korea, of course, because of the news. Um and of course, everybody, they said, my mom told me if I wanted to travel, I should just join the army, go do that. At least it's stable. And I'm like, no, if I, I want to travel on my own time, like, I need my own time to do that. And I ain't trying to do, copy your lifestyle. I need to do my own thing. You live your life as my time to live mine. Um, I remember about a year or two ago, my sister was telling me one day how uh, my family was asking, asked her if I'm ever going to move back to the U.S. She said, hell no, he's not coming back. She was right too. I mean, I'll come back to visit y'all, but I ain't staying. <laughs> I like it over here a little bit. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know they see. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know most of them, you know, have they see me that I'm doing happy, I'm doing being doing my best. 
Uh, of course, I'm pretty sure I got some jealous cousins and whatnot. One or two. Be but, like that. Uh, but yeah, I think overall they changed their mind. They see that I'm more happy, I feel more, you know, confident and stuff like that. So they're not as harsh and as mad about it. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, how was like in North Korea? Like with Trump? Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about North Korea. <laughs> the way I see it is like this: if you don't see South Koreans screaming and running, then you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's like why are they running? Then all right, cool, something happened. You gotta start running yourself. No questions asked. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I don't think they're gonna try to start try to start shit. Like, if they, because they know, like, at least Kim Jong Un, the leaders, all of them, they know, like, if they try to start shit, that grows, that grows their power, that grows their their control of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for them, it's more like just trying, like, all you're gonna do is just troll, talk shit, and you know, people send money and aid to them. That's it. But that that's just me though. Well, let's see. Let's hope it stays quiet. Yeah, me too. I hope so too. <laughs> so, yeah, and so in terms of Uruguay, how do you like entertain yourself? Mm. Uh, outside of teaching, usually playing PlayStation, uh, Switch, reading, going to the gym, cooking, baking occasionally. Uh, I also do like a lot of uh, photography, I like to take pictures, going around. The city take pictures. Um, you, see, you see my Instagram at the Blurb Explorer. You see that I do a lot of photography uploads there, and of course I do a little bit of writing occasionally too. The closest I got for South Korean stuff is just uh, South Korean yeah. Air Force Ones, <laughs> right? White Tigers. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What did you custom made? No, uh, Nike had a they made them last year. Mm. So I was like, oh, these are cool. So what else? What else can I ask you about? So uh, it's about like you could come back to the states, stack up with some clothes real quick, and then head back. We yeah, already pretty, you come to visit. Pretty much, that's the plan. Stack up with clothes, snacks, deodorant. Whatever items I can't get over here, I'll stack up on that. Then you buy some electronics or two, and then head back to Korea. And also get some food too, of course. Get some southern cooking. That's it. It's like I'm here to gather supplies. Say hi to family in the meantime. It's like I'm just here to pack up some more suitcases and stuff, and then we'll be back. Pretty much, that's the plan. Take two big suitcases with me, stack up on them, and then head back. So as soon as like these are the new clothes out right now. Yep. That's great. Yep, that's the plan. Happy for you. And then you say you're making a book, so this is like a series. What kind of next in the book series? Um, I think right now I'm just taking a hiatus. I have to take find the second book. So I think my next plan, my plan is to actually write a whole book about the whole country. 
Now my ass take more than a year or so. Got it. Got it. And then how is like socializing in South Korea? Mm, meeting people is fine. Um, Pre-COVID, you know, I would do like, there's different like ways to meet other people. Obviously, you know, just bar, you can go to bars. Uh, usually it's always just typical in every city. It's usually typically what you call the expat bar because it's usually one place that all the foreigners gather around, go drink. Usually between Thursdays, Sundays, you know. Happens in different cities, of course. Um, there's different events depending on what you're into. Like I do, uh, I do Super Smash Brothers, so I do a part. I do. I went to the tournament, you know, various you know, meetup uh, uh, places in Seoul that you know people go get together, play Smash. Also did Pokemon too, and also did Rec, uh, rec League for a time. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee, they have rec, rec League over here too. So that's usually a great way to meet people, travel around the country, South Korea. You know, socialize. So I used to do that a lot. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty easy to socialize, meet people. You just got to figure out, depending on what your niche is, what you're into, of course. And uh, usually there's probably activity or group dedicated to that here in Korea. They can finally say, let's say, uh, Ultimate Frisbee, you into that? There's one for that. Uh, Riders groups, I'm pretty sure plenty of those. Also, there's usually meet up in coffee shops, too, things like that, language exchange groups. So it's pretty easy to socialize. Now, that's where expats. Uh, Korean, it can be a little bit challenging at times because obviously some Koreans in Korean culture, obviously most don't speak English. They don't feel comfortable speaking English to uh, foreigners unless they're proficient because you know, they don't want to lose faith. They want to look like, you know, they feel, oh, they feel, they look, look smart. They look impressive to be able to speak English in front of foreigners, you know, have a conversation. Uh, and sometimes in some cases, Usually, most foreigners don't want to hang out with Koreans a whole lot. It's not because of that it's sent the bad though. Sometimes I've seen myself like sometimes Koreans will just you don't really, you could tell like they're only using you as a foreigner as like oh he's this is like the black friend card basically when it comes to foreigners in Korea. So I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are some really I met some really good people. One of them's a really good friend of mine right now. We she and her we hang out a couple a lot of times. Talk Tuesday, but uh, I was telling her sometimes. You gotta be careful with Koreans because sometimes, uh, again, it's more just like a badge of honor to say, "Look, I have a foreigner friend." Basically, to brag with to their Korean friends and stuff. So, got it. I think about almost twenty minutes. Need to bring it to a close. So, last question I ask you is, "What would you name your origin story?" Mm, my origin story. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what, what I would call it, but I don't know. It's just the boy, the guy who wanted to travel, try all, this, all the food. That's my word story. Nice. Well, I'd like to thank you again for joining the podcast and being interested. Right, thank, you for, thank you very much for having me. No problem. And let people know where they can find the book when it's out and everything like that. Yeah, so the Black Child's Guide to Daegu, South Korea. Daegu, that's D-A-E-G-U. And my first book, The Black Child's Guide to Inchon, I-N-C-H-E-O-N, Inchon, South Korea. You can find both of these books on Amazon. Uh, they're in ebook format only. 
You'll also find them on uh, Barnes and Nobles, Apple Books too. Got it. And when is the second book coming out? Oh, this out right now. You can pick it up right now. Okay, cool. Great. Again, thank you and have a nice day. That brings another episode of the Let's Get That Podcast to a close. Again, I'd like to thank the Blurred Explorer for joining the podcast. This is the last episode for Season 5. You can find out more information about my next plans by listening to the closing episode, which is also premiering today. Hope you continue a nice day, and I hope to see you there.